Good morning, Prof. Professor Van Dikerke, Director of Institute of Social and Economic Research, Kwa Rhodes University. Good morning, uh, Prof. Ribuaka, Fidel Castro, and the Cuban Revolution. Who was who was who was Fidel Castro? Fidel Castro represented for not millions but billions of people across the globe a uh, representation of a new kind of society that would not be characterized by exploitation of people based on their class or on their color. He represented a new kind of society where no one would go hungry where people would have excellent health care, would have excellent education services. And he also represented in particular the idea that the people should uh, be allowed to determine the nature of their society without the interference of external countries, in particular imperialist countries like America. And he was not only willing to fight to secure this for the people of Cuba with the 1959 revolution that he led with Che Guevara and Camilo Cienfuegos, but he was also willing to stand in solidarity with other countries in the world, in particular countries in Africa, who were fighting against uh, apartheid colonialism and apartheid domination. For example, the people of Angola. At, at what cost, uh, Prof, at what cost to the Cuban people uh, the the sacrifices that Fidel Castro made, especially uh, him being a friend to the struggling people around the world, especially to the African continent. At what cost was this this, this come? I, I don't see, I mean, if you talk about it in terms of cost, <clears throat> then the cost has to be in terms of what it costs for people to stand in solidarity with another people. The Cuban people unequivocally explained their own legacy and history as one of the slave people. Many of the forefathers came to Angola as slaves by the Spaniards and brought to uh, Cuba by the Spanish colonialists. Many of them see the return to fight in Angola, particularly in the Battle of Pichuconavale, where they defeated the African Defense Force, as a recompensation to their forefathers for the consequences of, of, of Spanish colonialism and slavery. So that's what other Cubans see. They see themselves having a profound debt to Africa, see themselves very deeply connected to African history and the legacy of Africa. So the cost issue is not one that's seen as external to, to Cuba and the Cuban people. It's see Africa as extend, seen as an extension of their own cultural and political experience. And I recall, for example, with the Battle of Pichico Navale, mm. an illegal video that was clandestinely circulated during the struggle against apartheid, where we saw how the Cuban troops stationed in the Havana barracks, they were given the opportunity of not fighting in the war. The commander at the time said, some of you have children, some of you have other commitments. You are only going to Angola to fight uh, for the liberation of Angola from the colonialism if you feel that you want to do this. There's no compulsion. And at the end of that, the commander says, is there anyone here he does not want to go to Cuba. Another single hand was put up and he says, who wants to go from Cuba to fight for the liberation of Angola? And every single one of those soldiers put their hands up yeah. to fight for, for African freedom. Yeah. So it's a different model. It's a different conceptualization, the Cuban model. It's about solidarity, international solidarity. It's standing with the oppressed. It's about standing in their defense and their dignity, as it did in Angola, at the request of the NPLA at the time. But it's also exporting 
unlike many countries of the North, like America, mm. exporting tens of thousands of doctors, of educators, of ophthalmologists to serve the, the, the purpose of global humanity. I was listening... So I think I was listening to 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 uh, President Becky's uh, message um, about the loss. Um, talking about some of the high-ranking officials in the in our current government um, who were trained uh, militarily by, by 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 Cuba, but it did just not only end there. He loved education, didn't he? Absolutely. I mean, one of uh, Fidel Castro's primary commitments was to say that every single poor person in Cuba would get a quality education. So what he did in 1961, he put together a massive literacy campaign. It's something we can learn about in South Africa. Mm. And the literacy campaign consisted of educators in the high schools plus secondary school pupils in the senior years. Mm. And they closed the schools and they all went into the rural areas of Cuba and they worked with the peasants, who were called campesinos at the time, and the literacy rates improved dramatically by that mass campaign of literacy. And I think that's what's important to know about Cuba. There's no fear of education and the consequences of education. Mm. In fact, quite to the contrary, Cuba completely embraces the idea that every single citizen must have the very highest quality of education and that it should be free up until university-level education. Yeah. And it's vested very, very heavy in its education system. And perhaps in the Latin American area, it's probably got the, most, the best educated populace in that area. For example, if you look at figures for maths and science in seven Latin American countries, mm. it's Cuba that comes out highest in terms of the levels of literacy in maths and science. Yeah. So there's been a phenomenal achievement. And you must remember you're talking about a relatively poor country. Mm achieving these, these goals and objectives for people. But, but this hero, uh, as referred to by, by many, uh, the, the, the Revolution Square in Havana, you know, people are crying, uh, people are mourning uh, for the next nine days. Uh, he might have been a hero to most, but just across the border um, in uh, Miami, Florida, uh, some most of the the... The, 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 who would have been refugees who, who went to, to, to the U.S. Look at him as a villain. Why? Well, many of those people who went to live in Miami were part of the elite, the political elite, whose interests were secured by the dictator Batista mm. at the time. And many of them were not willing to be part of a new kind of Cuban society based on equality, based on the dignity of all people, based on the end of exploitation of people on the basis of their class, on the basis of their race. And so, so they left. They didn't want to be part of the building of a new kind of Cuban society. What they wanted to be was part of a society which reproduced the kind of capitalism that you saw in Cuba under Batista's rule and the kind of repression that you saw to enable that kind of crude capitalism that occurred in Cuba in the 1950s where Cuba under Batista before the revolution led by Fidel and Che was successful, was seen as the playground of the American League with mass prostitution, um, incredible repression, and people living under, in, in, in very impoverished conditions. So they rejected that model, and that's why they went to Miami, to embrace the American model of capitalism. I looked 
I looked at 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 some of the the pictures um, of him with uh, the late Samora Michelle, uh, with uh, former President Nelson Mandela, with uh, his old friend Che Guevara, and I thought to myself, um, if if there's an afterlife, um, what what would be the discussions that they're having? You know, when they get together. That would be an extraordinary question, and wouldn't it be great to be a fly on the walls over here? That that conversation. Yeah. But I think that the key thing that we're talking about is what still has to be done to liberate their societies. Yeah. What can we South Africans learn? I think Mandela would be asking Fidel about their revolution, their success. How is it possible that a poor country like Cuba, with a fix of so resources of South Africa, has the best education and healthcare outcomes in the world. And he'd say, what can we learn from you, Fidel? Yeah. And how can we improve our own education system and healthcare systems in South Africa? And I think Fidel would have lots to say about that. Professor Van Niekerk, Director of Institute of Social and Economic Research at Rhodes University. Thank you so much. Uh,